Let us pray. Lord, I know there are way more eloquent preachers than me, those with more camerogenic qualities, but I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit you speak through me to your church. May my words make sense not because of who I am, but because of who you are and who you call to me to be. Amen. Well, during Lent, we've been working our way through Matthew's Gospel with a focus on the teachings of Jesus in between the mountains. The best-known teachings of Jesus and the critical events in Matthew's Gospel center around mountains. The Sermon on the Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration, and Calvary. I want to start by asking you a couple of questions. Think of what you've learnt, what you've been taught, what you know in your head and in your heart. Imagine if you were asked the question the disciples were. Who do you say Jesus is? Our words and actions are opportunities for those outside the church to experience who Jesus is. So my second question is this. Think about what you've done in the last week, the way you've behaved, the types of conversations you've had, the impression that you've given to people that you don't know very well or just met in passing in a socially distanced way, of course. Even the things that you've thought about. What have you subconsciously said about Jesus? What have you said about who you believe in by your words and your actions? It's a big question, I know. And this has been no ordinary week. If I think about this question honestly, I actually feel quite small, insignificant, and certainly unworthy. I've thought about it myself and, and my family's well-being and got lost in my head so often this week, much more than I normally do. And I already do it far too much. It's understandable, I know. I can and am forgiven, I know. I've also had plenty of redeeming moments, I hope. But I have wondered a number of times about how I was going to get through this week. But when I really think about it, I know how I've got through. My family and my church have been amazing and continuously flooring me with generosity, concern and care. And I know their strength has come from the same source as mine, Jesus. I haven't always got it right, and I know I'll continue to make mistakes, focus on myself, and get it horribly wrong. I know I can never be my own Messiah. If these times are teaching us anything, is that we need a saviour. We need Jesus. St. Peter was an amazing man, regarded as the first bishop of the early church, a man of faith and action, full of the Holy Spirit as we see in the book of Acts, purported author of 1 and 2 Peter. He is an unquestionable hero of the faith. I do have to say, however, when you read the Gospels, he does come across as a bit of a doofus. One of the great blessings that God gives us is that in the Bible, we are shown 
all the flaws and the failures of the heroes of the faith. Peter is no exception. Peter falls short a number of times, yet Jesus makes these amazing promises which lead to the establishment of the church. There's a little bit of wordplay when you read this in the Greek. Peter in Greek is Petros, and rock in Greek is Petra. So it's Petros the Petra, the rock man, way before Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Jesus seems to be implying that it's on Peter that he will build his church. And that at least historically can be substantiated. But Peter himself isn't exactly solid rock. The rock that I believe Jesus is referring to is not Peter as a person. It's not his character. It's built on what he has just said. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. The church will be built on the declaration that Jesus is Messiah, the Son of God. This is the foundation of our faith. This is the statement that changes lives. This is the relationship we have and from which we are forgiven, released, and become a new creation. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. This is what it is all about. Jesus doesn't build his church on who Peter is or who Peter will become. Now we have an amazing church building which we've just committed a substantial amount of money to redevelop. There aren't many Anglican churches in this country who can do what we can do with what we've got in this place. But for the foreseeable future, our spaces at the very least are going to be underutilised. I do believe in miracles. I do pray and trust it turns around and changes soon. And we can open up our spaces again and get back to normal. But the truth for our time and the truth for all time is Jesus was never going to build his church on buildings, spaces, or even physical gatherings of any type. I believe Jesus will continue to build his church on people like you and me who get it right and then immediately get it wrong just like Peter did, but who continue to profess to our best effort in our most authentic ways, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. When we call ourselves church, we don't refer to us as the specially chosen elite. We don't highlight the most gifted and talented. We don't focus on those who've been appointed leaders. We focus on Jesus. In today's gospel, Peter gets the job title, but his job description wrong. And he's corrected by Jesus. Sometimes we need moments of correction that remind us of who we are and who we are called to be. And we are reminded that what and who we are and called to be isn't always easy and easy to live with. We don't have to go looking for crosses to pick up and carry. As we all know all too well right now, life will give us plenty of crosses to bear. And our Messiah did bear a cross. This is the journey the season of Lent takes us on. 
our Messiah is no superhero or magician. Our Messiah is the risen God. Our Messiah looks like a despised Jew in the Roman Empire, a lowly Galilean among the Jerusalem establishment, living in the mess of humanity and ultimately becoming a victim of our collective dysfunction. If we are going to be followers of this Messiah, we cannot be any less vulnerable with, toward, and for others. You know how when you do uh, that safety demonstration when you hop on a plane, which isn't happening very often these days, and they tell you that you need to put your oxygen mask on first before you help others? Well, in this passage, we see Peter put his oxygen mask on, but then he turns inwards to his own fears and concerns. Christians are called to first put our oxygen mask on. Jesus is Messiah. I cannot save myself. I cannot do it by myself. Then we are called to immediately turn to others. I have said throughout this week, for the benefit of others, followers of Jesus need to be as active as we can possibly be within the bounds of common sense, medical advice, direction of our leadership and the gifts that God has given us. Jesus will continue to build his church and there will be even more for us to do. Even if we are physically isolated, Jesus will continue to build his church and there will be even more for us to do. When we find creative ways to connect, Jesus will continue to build his church and there will be even more for us to do. And when we are able to come together and worship together in person, Jesus will continue to build his church and there will be even more for us to do. Buckle in. It'll be a bumpy ride, but God is with us. Jesus is Messiah, and his church will reveal the character of God in even more profound ways than we could ever imagine. Amen.